Welcome to Down the Slope podcast with myself, Ewan, and as per usual, we're joined by Greg and Harry, socially distanced hey. now, back on the old Zoom calls, which is unfortunate. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing the home point against Rangers on Sunday, uh, this Sunday's game away at Celtic Park, as well as nominating our high B of the week for the week after the Rangers game. And we also have our third instalment of Harry's High B quiz, which once again we have not seen the questions for, so could be an absolute shambles again. <laughs> so, that'll be a sell in. Probably be a fairly long one again because Harry's quiz tends to um, take us a while to dissect. But start, we'll start off with the Rangers game. Just straight away, what, what did we make of the game? I actually thought that. I was actually quite surprised by us, to be honest. Um, we seemed to start really well. Obviously got the goal. Um, lost two pretty sloppy goals, as as usual, last season. Certainly not this season. Um, but then we changed it up, and to be honest, I think Jack Ross got it spot on. Um, I think going, going to the shape he did, he, we just looked a lot better. Looked a lot more of a threat. Um, and I think... Massive plaudits to Lewis Stevenson for his performance. But he was class just slotting it left back, to be honest. I, me personally, going into the game, I was saying that I think Murphy was a massive part as why the 4 4 2 worked against St. Murren. And I thought that missing him in the Rangers game probably meant a change of system. Most likely, probably Allen coming into the team. But uh, Dre Wright, I actually got his name right for a change. Uh, came in and I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Obviously got the goal. Um, just a phenomenal performance overall. And um, yeah, like we came out and I think apart from the first 20 minutes of the second half, I thought we were brilliant throughout the entire game. I don't think that we deserved to lose. And I think that a draw on reflection was probably a fair result. I did feel a bit hard done by conceding just before halftime because I didn't feel that Rangers deserved it. But that first that spell at the start of the second half, I thought did warrant a goal from them. So I can't really complain. The referee has um, angered literally every single person on the planet after that game. Hibs fans were raging, Rangers fans were raging. Um, Chris Boyd was crying. So, yeah, it was it was a strange game. But I suppose you can't complain with a point against one of the old firm. Yeah, I think going into the game, I, I think we were all confident that we could take something from the game. Um, we were maybe a bit blase about maybe we would take the three points. And I still think it's two points dropped. But I expect Hibs to take points if not beat anyone at home, whether that be Celtic, Rangers, Aberdeen, Motherwell. Like, obviously, there's context within a game, and I think watching the game as great, like, yeah, a point was a fair result. But going into the game, I, I, I wanted Hibs to win. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I would agree that we played well. I think we started fairly slowly. Um, in the first half as well, sort of first 10, 15 minutes, we sort of sucked up some pressure. And then the sort of five minutes, five, 10 minutes before the goal, we did um, step up and we actually and, and we got the goal when we were on top. Um, I don't know why I felt the goal coming. As soon as it got, it was two minutes added on, I was very much like, fuck, we need to see this through. Like, I don't, I don't know why. I, just, I felt like the goal was coming. And it was almost like a sense of inevitability when, when Morelos did score. Um, it was a well-worked goal by Rangers. Both goals were um, probably avoidable, um, especially the first one. I think Doig sort of got a little bit isolated. Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if I'm being, being really harsh here, but that's quite an experience from him, to be honest. Um, I don't I think, think it's just on him, though. Uh, like, was nah. Of things I, I think McGinn, McGinn got pulled into the centre as well. And, Obviously, he, missed, he, he didn't miss the header, but he didn't get enough on it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, a good ball. It, was a very, it was a very good ball in um, from mm. Kent. And to be fair to Morelos, he did, he did take the goal well. I think most people thought yeah. the chance was gone after they took a touch, but he took a very good touch and it was a good finish. I think a little bit more communication <laughs> with McGinn and Boyle if McGinn's going to go and, and yeah. get tighter than maybe Boyle can tuck in. But it's not glaring mistakes from anyone and sort of dog just sort no. of closed a little bit 2v1 on the 1-2 it, it's unfortunate and it, it was bad timing um, obviously that gives Rangers the boost at the start of the second half and I've watched the Rangers goal 
a few times the second goal to sort of pick, pick out was there anything we'd done wrong and I wouldn't say there was. We were sort of outnumbered because Newell was the one sort of pressuring the ball, but it was a good ball in from Taverney, good football from our field and Hadji and a good finish, you know what I mean? Like Sometimes you've just got to accept that there wasn't a mistake there and it was just good football and a very good goal. But I think we've, there's no point in looking over the negative sides of the game. That was a, There was some very, very good moments for Hibs in that game. And I felt like when we got at Rangers, we caused a lot of problems of... And, Obviously, um, Porteous nearly scored and then sort of dodge and this, but we're pretty unlucky. I think I don't know why more of it's not being made a penalty. I thought I'd have stolen more penalty for on dodge getting brought down, and it would be yeah, considering I would say so. I mean, the boy actually took his legs away from him, but like the amount, be locked up for 10 years, like the so. amount of coverage over what should have been bookings and what shouldn't have been bookings and what should have been red cards and not red cards. There hasn't been a single mention of the sort of dodge penalty incident. I don't even think it was... Uh, like, even on the Hibs TV highlights package that they put out for the five-and-a-half, six-minute one, they didn't even show that chance. Like, so oh, even well. Hibs haven't made that much of a deal of it, which is fine. You don't want... I, I'm, I'm not an advocate for hounding refs and stuff like that, but for me, I think... The point was the fair result, but we certainly had enough chances where we could have won that game. But obviously, as well, you've got a moment of magic from Marciano that's saved us in the end. Well, two moments, one at two, one and then the double from Kent and the save saves from our field. So, on reflection, I'm disappointed that we dropped the points because I felt like we could have won the game. But I guess you take the point. What did you make of Hibs um, specifically going forward at the weekend, Greg? I think we've seen for a totally different side than this but that we've maybe not seen it already. Um as every good football scout does, straight on YouTube. Kevin Nisbet looking at his Dunfermline highlights, he, he comes off the left a lot and he will put himself about I think we've seen a bit more of that. Um obviously tracking back and, and tackling but you know, I mean that that chance at the start of the game was you know, great save for the goalie to be honest, but I can honestly see that you can see that him and him and Dodge are really striking up a partnership. And going forward, I think those two, when they're working well together and linking together, are pretty unstoppable, to be honest. You'll get Dodge that'll do the dirty work a wee bit more. Um, and then you'll get you'll get those bit in the, the good areas that'll, that'll finish it off. And I think Dodge with a with head on the second half that he scored. It was, it's a very aggressive header. I think that's what we've been missing. Um, you know, he's just bullied the centre of that, really. Um, yeah, a really good ball in from Boyle that just hung it up at the back post and Doyle's just was able to attack it. Yeah. I, I, it, it, it probably was offside, but again, Boyle's had so much to do for, for when he picks the ball up. He's had to take it down to Vernie and then put it back in. Yeah. So, uh, I think going forward, look, we look very good. I think maybe at the back in at stages we didn't look as good, but I think but you're, I you're that, coming up the best. You're probably coming up. They're probably the best attacking three in the league, to be fair, especially on current form as well. So yeah. I don't think we expected clean sheets against Rangers. We knew we were going to have to score goals. Harry, what what did you make of Hibs at the weekend? Um, again, I think I think the defence is still doing well because I think that the main thing that Rangers have got going well for them that Gerrard's kind of built a squad around is just really quick, slick football, especially in and around the box. I felt that the way we'd set up, because most teams try and set up against that by just stacking bodies in the middle, but Hibbs's way of trying to combat that was just matching the runs when they tried to make the runs in behind. And I thought that we'd done that really well. Obviously, they got in behind for the two goals because eventually you're not going to be able to track them every single time they do it. I thought we actually matched Rangers quite well. And that's the thing that um, Jack Cross has done quite well in the big games at times. Like, I know we've struggled last season, but it was a very different squad and we didn't have that kind of Gogic player to break things up. But I felt that Ross put us out there to not concede loads of goals. And as we've said before, we do well on the counter-attack. And I feel that Rangers being such an attack inside, because I think by the end of the game, they had five players that you could debatably call forwards on the pitch. So that's one of the reasons as well. I was a bit gutted we didn't get the winner because I thought that if we had even five more minutes, we could have got that chance in behind. And with the way this bit was playing, the way Dodge was playing, we got another good chance. I think that we probably could have got the goal. 
But um, yeah, overall, like I've literally got that's two weeks in a row. There wouldn't be any players I'd single out. Would be like you had a bad performance. I think that every player that was in that team would deserve a starting point next week. Obviously, you've got Murphy getting thrown back in as well, which is another great option to have. But yeah, for me personally, I'd probably say that man of the match was um, Dre Wright. I thought that he just looked phenomenal. It was like he just someone put a firework up his butt and he was just ready for the game. He was so fired up and he was picking out passes and stuff. It was literally like he was copying what Murphy done last week against St. Murren. I just thought he was really good. But yeah, now definitely, I'd say everybody gets at least a 7 out of 10 for me. Yeah, I think a big thing has to be said as well. I think when the team lineup came out, I think we all were a bit like, oh, fuck, 4-4-2. Obviously, we touched on the fact that we felt like we probably, on last week's podcast, we touched that we felt 3-5-2 would be a good option and we felt like Drew Wright probably could play in the 10. Um, What I liked about the fact we went 3-5-2, we trusted in our players. We went, we effectively went, right, back three, you've got a front player of Rangers each. Left and right centre-backs took Hagi and Kent. Left Portress with Morelos. The wing-backs took their full-backs. And it left the midfield free to go free or free v free. And then you basically left Nisbet and Dodge up against their two centre-halves. Like, because the way Rangers push forward, even though they play 4-4-3, because the full-backs are so high, 3-5-2 really is effective against them. And it, I think for me, it showed a lot of trust. Jack Ross put a lot of trust in the players to basically go and win your individual battles and we'll do well in this game. And then, obviously, we changed it just after the goal to sort of go maybe more sort of 4 2 three, one, four, five, one sort of with Nisbet coming off the left. And obviously, he did say that he felt like he maybe should have done it before Rangers scored. He was thinking about it. But the change worked. It got us back in the game. We were sort of struggling at that point. Rangers had us really penned in. He brought Stevenson on, who the game was excellent. Like, he has been in all the games that he's come off the bench this season. And for me, I think this will sort of move us in, into the Celtic game. I think we'll probably see the team that finished. Or maybe not finished, I know like Drew Wright came off for Halberg and stuff. But I think we'll see that sort of 4-2-3-1 against Celtic with Nisbet coming off the left. Um, mainly because, although we might go 3-5-2, but I think Celtic have still been sort of, well, who knows what Neil Lennon's going to pick. We are well well versed in Neil Lennon picking random team selections at strange points but they look their best when they play 3-5-2 so we might see us stick 3-5-2 but I think we might see Lewis Stevenson come on come in for Josh Doig at Celtic Park and probably initially anyway have Kevin Nisbet sort of coming off the left um, and he still looked a threat um, against Rangers coming off the left so I don't see why he can't be a threat against Celtic Moving into the game against Celtic, what do you what do you want to see from Hibs initially before sorry, what we expect from Celtic, Greg? Um, I would like just to see us go the same, to be honest. I think that Celtic haven't been convincing at all. Um showed that against the game against Livingston. So I'd like to see us go three five two and why not go and take the game to them? You know, we know what Lennon's like. Um I don't really think that much of Celtic this season. Um think they have struggled in games so why not just go and take the game to them you've got two forwards there that will score you goals so I think it should be very much the same I think possibly bringing Stevenson in just we've added experience um, but other than that I'd, I'd probably just keep it the same um, I think it might be very difficult to bring Jamie Murphy back in especially after Dre Wright's performance at the weekend but thankfully I don't have to have that headache Yeah I think Dre Wright's got the shirt just now. The same, obviously, Jack Ross said that Dre Wright was unlucky to play against St. Man. They just went with Jamie Murphy instead of him. Having, he'd done, I thought he'd done pretty well against Aberdeen, playing as actually like a sort of striker up with um, Dodge. So I think, I think Dre Wright has the jersey just now. And it's unfortunate for Jamie Murphy that he sort of made his proper debut and then he was ineligible the next game. But that's the way it goes. Next man up, next man up comes in and does well. And then now it's up to Jamie Murphy to wait until Dre Wright has an off game or whatever and then he gets back in the team. I think it it's good that we've got options like Jamie Murphy coming off the bench as well though. Okay. It just gives us a different dynamic, you know. I think maybe I've seen a couple of comments on the bench at the moment. Um, maybe it isn't the strongest but I think Jamie Murphy coming off the bench it's something different, you know. He's got so much ability that you know he can easily come on and, and make a massive difference to us. 
So I think as well, yeah, you've, you've got to factor in the bench at the weekend. You were without Scott Allen and uh, obviously Jamie Murphy on there, and that straight away will show um, the bench will look a bit stronger straight away as soon as they guys are back in. Harry, what about yourself? What do you want to see? Hib- what do you want to see from Hibs? Um, I think the big thing, I think Greg said it, um, we really need to do what we've done at the weekend. Um, Rangers, on based on form at the moment, I think are a better side than Celtic. I think the way they've played this season has been far superior. So um, I think that we really need to go at Celtic. And I think we've got this weird thing where our academy players love scoring against Celtic. Like you had Danny Galbraith back in the day, then you had Ollie Shaw, and now we've got Josh Doig, so he's going to get his first <laughs> senior competitive goal for Hibs because obviously he scored during the uh, pre-season friendly. Um, but yeah, I think taking the game to Celtic, because that's the thing, the reason we struggled so much under Heckingbottom is when we played these big games, we just kind of sat back and just kind of went into a shell and just hoped not to get beat. But if we go into games like the game against Rangers, obviously like we're never going to be on the front foot the full game against these kind of teams. But if we go with like a high press and mentality where we can just generate chance after chance, hopefully, because against Rangers, we've got a lot more chances. We probably got more chances in that game on Sunday than we did against Rangers in the, the entire last season. So if we go in with that same like tempo and attack and mentality against Celtic, but the, the main problem, as you say, Neil Lennon, his problem at Hibs, especially in his last season, is he never knew what his strongest start in 11 was. So it literally could be 3-5-2, it could be 4-3-3, it could be 4-5-1. We don't know what we're coming up against at the weekend. But they've got a game midweek that I'm hoping will take some of the fuel out of their tank and we can capitalise on that. But yeah, I've just got to hope that the players that are playing well keep up the high performance levels because... It's consistency is the thing that worries me with the squad just because we've got such a small squad as well and there's not really that many players to fall back on if people stop performing. So I definitely, if we can play to our best, I don't see why we can't win that game because Celtic, even though they've been winning games, don't look like they're on form. The last two games, they went 1-0 down. I think if they go 1-0 down to us, it'll be a lot more difficult to get back into it. Yeah, I think that... I think it's all about balance. I think there was times in the in, in the game at the weekend where it did seem like Hibs were sitting in and maybe we did go a little bit too like direct at times. But for the majority of the game, yeah, we sat deeper and we pressed but we pushed we pressed Rangers when they got into our half. We wouldn't necessarily we didn't play with a high press, I wouldn't say. I don't know, I think Hallander and Goldson had a fair bit of time on the ball. But when we got the ball and it was on, we went for it. You know what I mean? We'd, it wasn't like we just leave, like we didn't leave ourselves entirely open. Obviously, when we did go for it, like the commentators sort of touched on it a few times, the game was quite open early doors. But when it was on, we went for it. And I think that's the main thing. If you go to Celtic Park and you sit in for 90 minutes, you'll lose. It's, it's as simple as that. You know what I mean? Like they have players that will, they will Celtic will score a goal at the weekend. Like if we keep a clean sheet, I'll be delighted, but I'm fully expecting if we want to win that game, we need to score at least two goals. Like, Listen, we kept a clean sheet at Celtic Park with David Stevens and Sean O'Hanlon at the back, so... <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am... Um, look, are Celtic going to win the league? Probably. Are Celtic very good at digging out results when they look shit? Yes. But at the same time, why can't we go there and take the game to them? Why can't we go there and you know, play play our play our game. I mean, I think Andy Haldy touched on it um, in the sports scene. He said that's the most chances Rangers have actually given up in all their games this season combined. So more chances they gave up at the weekend, and that's possibly because we did put them under pressure. I think that's... We, we we did press them, and why shouldn't we? You know, we shouldn't be scared of these teams coming to the road. Could 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 Rangers? pick us off possibly but why would we worry about that we've got enough there to to beat these teams in my opinion yeah I think like you said have a go I think what we touched on earlier with basically how we went man to man up against Rangers that for me is having a go because it's if Boyle yeah. gets the best of Barisic which he did he's not only did he stop Barisic from really producing anything he got two assists if Dre Wright gets the best of Kamara Kamara doesn't dictate the play Dre Wright gets in ahead of him and scores a goal. If Dodge gets the best of hand, or he, he scores. Like, you know I mean? So, like, having the faith in our players to go and do what they do best and play in our game. And I was 
still kind of worried going into the game at the weekend, just purely because it was touched on that Jack Ross didn't get a result again. I think he'd lost all the games against Celtic and Rangers since he came in. Um, and I did feel like, I mean, the Rangers game under him was probably the worst performance. Actually, sorry, other than the Hearts game was probably the worst we've been under him. I it was before the window and stuff at Easter Road last year. Um, but I think it showed that he's not scared to have a go. Um, it showed that he isn't going to... But we're, like, it's easy to say in your pre-match interviews, yeah, we're aware of their qualities, but we're, we also know ours. It's looking at their weaknesses. But I think, that, I think we showed at the weekend that we will play to our strengths. We will look to... Maybe we will tweak our game plan. Hibs have never been that in an opponent's face for donkeys. Like, I, I, I tweeted, like, Rangers fans are saying Hibs are overly aggressive. Paul Hanlon, overly aggressive. That's never... Like, come on. <laughs> like, but I thought Hibs within reason. I don't think we took the piss. I, there was a couple of maybe we naughty fouls. And like, I'm not saying that Porteous was completely innocent with Morelos, but he knew what he was doing. He stepped in front of him. He knows that if he makes that contact with Morelos, it'll rile him up. Bay Wright had a wee bit of a nasty one on Kent. Kent. And yeah. obviously Hanlon whether he meant it or not, left a wee bit on Haggy. Like, nothing wrong with that. How many times do we see teams do that to Hibs, especially in sort of derbies and against Rangers? I just think that a lot's been made of the Hanlon foul, but all he's done is he's tried to get his body in the way. He's not maliciously gone out of his way to elbow Haggy. Um, Porteous. Porteous knows how to wind Morelos up. And you see the end of the game that Morelos is... Morelos is so annoyed, but Porteous only does it because he knows he's going to get a reaction. And then Porteous made that much of an impression that Slippy G was more of it. I mean, his press conference after the game and Taverny wouldn't acknowledge him. Like, Porteous only does that because he knows he'll get a reaction. You, you don't see him doing that to any other team because only Rangers really give him a reaction. So why well, not do it? Before that, I, it shocked me. I heard, um, I think, Kenny Miller when he was interviewing Jack Ross before the game, he'd only given away six fouls in seven games, which I think mm. going into this season, you would say was very unpoachable. <laughs> and obviously, Harry, you, Harry you're, all, you're all for shit house today. So what did you make of, well, Ryan Porteous at the weekend? And not only that, the absolute outrage of Rangers fans' Twitter after the game. See, the thing is, me, like I was watching it with my mate Craig and his brother, Mikey, and then um, we were watching the game and it got to halftime and we were livid because the thing is for me, it felt to me every single time their player was on the ball, if we went near them, the referee was given a free kick. So every single time we got possession, we'd win possession back, the referee would give a free kick so it would still be Rangers' ball. So we knew the goal was coming because if you get that much possession, it's difficult not to score if you've got that yep. much of the ball. But then out. at one point in the second half, it just felt like we were getting nothing at one point. Hollander literally grabbed Doidge with both hands and dragged him to the floor and the ref like, waved to play on. It was so frustrating. I was just getting so annoyed. And then after the game, obviously, we were in a group chat with a few Rangers fans, and they were trying to tell us that the referee was shocking. The thing is, for the second goal, I didn't think that any linesman, because the rule of the game is you're supposed to give advantage to the striker. So the linesman can't give that, saying he's 100% offside from his perspective, because you just can't see that from there. But um, I thought Porteous, I think, done the right thing, because every manager's going to say, do something, turn on where else, and get in his head. Because... He's just an absolute firehead. He's an idiot. He just can't kind of control himself. So after it's that, obviously, exactly towards the end of the game, he throws the uh, toys at the pram and somehow gets Rangers his only booking, despite the fact that Tavernier, I think, had seven fouls. Seven yeah, fouls and one of them was an absolute stonewall yellow card, obviously. On I, the one that also, stopped. Him. Also, Defoe on Boyle. I think that's a yellow. If Hanlon's getting booked, then Defoe should be booked as well, surely. Well, no? This is the thing, and I think you've seen in Martin Boyle's Instagram post. Look, pictures look bad. Football punched them as well. Like football, <laughs> but the thing is, football isn't played in pictures. And exactly. it's not played in like, slow motion. It's not played in freeze frame. It, like you take the freeze frame of Martin Boyle. Look, he's offside. Yes, he is. Right, he's offside. But I can't remember if it was Sky or if it was Sports Sound. They showed the next frame, and he was about two yards on side. So you know, like, like that's how it's not even like how he was running directly to goal. He was running back on the side. So it was a difficult call for the linesman. But look, we benefited from it. It's all right. But we should have had a penalty. And 
we don't really get those decisions against the old firm anyway. Usually, you literally getting stonewall fouls or decisions like that. But I can't remember the last time really we got we got decisions like that against the old firm. So these things even them sell out. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that from the weekend, a lot yeah, to take from that in the Celtic. So. Just finally moving in, into the Celtic game, obviously we sort of touched on them. Just Celtic, what, obviously look, the thing is, obviously they've got their game in hand, which I believe is Aberdeen, but the Rivard result against Rangers, um, if they win, if they continue to win, then they would be top of the league. So, is it a sign of where we think Hibs are, that we're confident of going to Celtic Park and getting a result, or is it that we're really not convinced by this Celtic team? I think it's probably a bit of both, to be honest. Uh, the only Celtic player that's looking good is a Yeti. Just looks like a I mean, he, he, he is averaging silly goals and silly minutes. But I think that also Jack Ross has probably learned a lot for last season. Um, it, what was his score? 4-2 like, last season, 3-1? Yeah. yeah so, uh, I mean, you look at the Rangers game last Christmas, or whatever, he's, still, he's learned a lot for that. You know, yeah. we went to Ibrox and fair enough, we got beat 2-1, but we looked a lot more competitive. So, he's still learning. I think for Celtic, it's, it's a bit of, bit of both. I'm confident in us. I'm not 100% convinced by Celtic this season. But again, they've had what has been classed as a slow start to the season and they're, what, one point off top? I think it's... I yeah, think it's so. a top start. So it's, it's hard to really yeah. know what the Celtic team are. Obviously, they've lost in the Champions League. They haven't been convincing, although they put five past Ross County. And Jesus, I thought Hibs fans were negative. You'll go on Twitter and all you see Celtic fans being like, we should have lost that game. You just won 5 yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I would love to be raging at winning 5 <laughs> Like For me, that, that is the goal, to be unhappy at winning 5 nil away from home. And Harry, just obviously you're a fan of Dre Wright and Jamie Murphy the last two weeks. In terms of team selection, do you think Dre Wright stays in? And what, what do you expect score-wise as well at the weekend? The thing is that you touched on earlier is teams don't go to Celtic Park and win by sitting in and just getting that one goal and taking it away. If you look at any of the results they've slipped up in, even in the Champions League, the big teams like Bayern Munich and Barcelona don't go there and win scrappy games like Celtic always score no matter who they're playing. So if we do win, I think it does need to be an open system in which we can get bodies forward. And it's difficult for me because when you put in a performance as good as that from right, it's unfair to say he should be dropped. But I think in terms of actual quality, I think that Murphy is a better player and I don't think that can really be questioned. So I think it is a very healthy situation for Jack Ross to have to deal with. But personally, I'd probably just because of experience and the fact um, staunchness of hating Celtic being a Rangers player, I would probably start Murphy in the game. Hmm. Um, but yeah, if I was going for a score prediction, you kind of like to be positive has when it comes to score predictions. I would go for a cheeky wee three two Hibs. I think they'll no, we'll score two nil Hibs, two one three one three two final score. And Greg, um, I think two one. We're not getting away. With for a clean sheet I don't think um, especially where Yeti is so uh, yeah I would probably say 2-1 uh, but would absolutely take a point right now I think 3-1 Hibs oh. wow. are you quietly confident or I'm not, I'm not quietly confident I think we'll you're win you're loudly confident I, I think I think we'll win are Celtic are they are they away from home on Thursday home I'm not even sure but as against the decent team, though, that team also got knocked to the Champions League, so Riga. So they are at. You know, I should be on the plane to the next Scotland away game. Portis and Hamlin, and probably Paul McGinn as well, to be fair. 100%. Uh, so Celtic are away, 6 o'clock kickoff on Thursday. Oh, so. That's a shame. So, mates, you don't know how that one goes, see what team they play. Injuries, fatigue. So, yeah, I think 3 1 Hibs. Um, I think we will go and have a go. And I think Celtic, like Rangers, play with sort of, well, I think, I think they'll play 3 5 2. So you're looking at Frimpong and Forrest as their wing backs. 
I think if you're playing players like Martin Boyle and Jay Wright, they're going to have an absolute hunters of space to get in behind a wing back. And uh, Shane Duffy, in terms of it's a good signing, but Ayer, Julian, El Hamed, I think there's all there's question marks over all of them. As much as Ayer maybe two years ago was probably the comfortably best defensive player in the league, and he seems to be getting moved with links to AC Milan, I think this week, but. Wild. He looks an absolute bomb scare this season. So I'm going three one Hibs, confident that we're gonna to go to Glasgow, get a win and I don't know who Rangers have got this weekend, but stay right oh. up at the top of Oh, that'll be a tricky game as well. Motherwell are having some uh a wee bit of form and they won five of the last six, four in the spinner right, Stephen Robinson didn't slate anyone at the weekend, so, so they I must think, be feeling very confident. I think three one Hibs and we're gonna be right I think we're gonna be right up there. Even if the result maybe doesn't go away, we will be. But then we'll move into the Hamilton game and be right up the top, the top end of the table, going into the international break after the first full calendar of fixtures. And I don't think we can ask for anything more for a Hibs team that I think this team have given us a lot so far this season. And I'm really excited to see how we do it at the weekend and moving forward as well. I think it places a lot that out, out of these games. Obviously, we, we marked the St Mirren game has, has to be three points, but. I think it says a lot that we're disappointed coming out the weekend's game with a point at home to Rangers. Um, I think that's a very good benchmark for where we are and, and where we should be. And we're, conf- we're we're not worried going to Celtic Park. We're, we're quite confident. So, yeah, no, I, I think we're in a good space at the moment. Um, Near the international break, but after the Aberdeen game, there was a lot of negativity, but the boys have certainly proved, proved a lot of people wrong. Uh, and people, bang on. people like to bang on about all these records and that, like how long Rangers went without conceding, how until Sunday Hibs were the world champions of not conceding from open play. But nobody's going on about the most impressive record of all. Away from home this season, Hibs are the best team in Europe. 100% win record. You can't beat that. And it's continuing on Sunday. 3-2, <laughs> put it in the diary. Hibs, we're, Hibs are only dropping a single point away from home this season. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so three two, two one, three one. Hopefully, hopefully we are one of us has proved to be right come the come Sunday afternoon. However, I think we'd be pretty happy if it was a one 0 Hibs on as well. Harry, just to wait until the winter. That's when the points start dropping, especially away from home. Oh no, didn't say these things, mate. Especially easy places that we should be getting three points. That's a speciality. Getting like Ibrox. And obviously, um, a milestone was reached on Monday, 15 years to the day, since Lewis Stevenson made his debut as a Hibs player. What a servant for the club, Greg. You were obviously at his testimonial dinner, got to spend some time with him. Two cup wins at Easter Road, only player to ever do that. I think we could sit and talk about Lewis Stevenson all day. So what I'm going to push for, what's your favourite Lewis Stevenson moment in a Hibs top? Not no even in question that volley at Ibrox. Oh, damn it, that was mine. Um, an empty Ibrox, I may add. Um, yeah, I mean, not even that. It was, it was a ball from Fraser 5 as well, right over the top, and he just yeah, watched it. And, uh, I mean, Lewis Stevenson doesn't really score. Doesn't really score volleys either. So Lewis Stevenson scoring a volley at Ibrox on a Friday night was just... Doesn't get any better than that, does it? Nah, that was like Christmas and birthdays for the next five years rolled into one. And Harry, you've had your... That was mine, so that's been stolen, so I'll I'll do a wee throwback. It's not very often a team scores five goals in a cup final and a little central midfielder that had zero goal involvements gets man of the match, so I'll say the CIS Cup final where we won 5-1 and Stevenson got his first trophy. Um... I can't remember much of that day because I was a wee, but I remember Lewis Stevenson being amazing. Um, and a wee story about Stevenson. Um, my sister used to play for Hibs when she was younger. And then um, they had like a Hibs kids day. And then like they'd always get um, like players along and stuff to go and say hi to the players and whatnot. And Lewis Stevenson was there. And I remember being young and I wasn't really that familiar with it, but um, he looked like dead. His face was like all like shallow and stuff and he just looked absolutely out of it now looking back I realise he was hungover but he showed up to this day anyway to uh, go and say hi to all the um, like 
Hibs kids that were there and that and get pictures taken. So my sister walks up to him and's like, Lewis, can I get a picture? And he goes, aye. And it, my sister hands him the phone and he takes a picture of me and my sister together and he just looks so confused. But <laughs> 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 well, I know he's down for the crack. He found it funny. But yeah, as, as you said, brilliant servant for the club and just a really nice guy in general. Yeah. When I worked at Tesco, um, I served him. Um, the bevy he got that night was enough to sink a ship. And that was right after Christmas. And I think we had that game like two days later. Um, I had so just looked at him like, mate, come on. Uh, like, I'm not a grasper. I'm not a grasper. If, you're not, if you don't play well in a couple of days, then this story's going out. <laughs> I've got a really similar story to that actually. So, well, for me, so my sort of favourite Lewis Stevenson moment for me, like the two moments, the the pretty straightforward ones. But for me, it was just you probably you didn't appreciate it at the time because we were all living in our wee bubble for that. Spell. We were miles like miles away at the other end of the stadium. But when you look back and just the sheer joy and relief when he lifts the Scottish Cup trophy is so clear to see for everyone. You can really sort of see him proper, quite tensing up as he's lifting and that, and like he very, that just, you could see that it meant just as much to him as it did to us. And for someone to really go through the ringer at Hibs, um, we were sort of speaking about our day, obviously Terry Butcher pretty much wanted to release him the season that we went down. Um, thankfully, he was one that didn't. Um, <laughs> Terry Butcher got released. I think that um, it'll be a really sad day when Lewis Stevenson stops playing for Hibs, whether that be retirement or hopefully never plays for anyone else. I couldn't deal with that. I genuinely couldn't. Um, I don't think he could either, to be honest. I think he would know what to do anywhere else. I, I hope that, I don't think, given the last couple of days' updates, maybe we won't be, but it would be great if come his 500th game there was fans back in the stadium, um, but it doesn't seem likely. I think he's 14 games away and we've got, what, 15, 14 or 15 games left at Easter Road this season, so maybe at a push we might, but then obviously depends on if he gets back in the team starting and stuff like that, so but what a servant for Hibs and I don't, yeah I mean everything's been said about Lewis Stevenson Wait, There's one thing that's not been said that I don't think it gets talked about anywhere near enough Lewis Stevenson has got cracking triceps <laughs> well, I mean, that's not what I was going to say, but moving on to someone else that's got cracking something, but on this instance, it's cracking hair. Joe Newell won high be the week last week, Greg. So, thought, well, me and Joe Newell both have cracking hair, to be honest. So, and that was not really a massive surprise. I, I was quite happy. Got one high of the week. Um, about time, to be honest. <clears throat> I actually thought Bobby's Lamal would have won it, um, but I'm <laughs> but I'm glad folk took the mature vote um, and and picked picked someone who actually deserved to be high of the week. Okay, so it was Joe in first place, Bobby's Lamal in second place, and Kevin Nisbet in third place. So we will nominate this week in that order. So we'll go Greg, Harry, then myself, and. Look, we're past the stage now, no nominating people again. We've nominated most of the first team. Uh, the winners have been spread about. So, Greg, who gets your nomination this week? Um, Ryan Porteous, and it's enough to keep Rangers fans up at night, clearly. Um, living rent-free in certain people's heads. For me, it wasn't just an excellent performance um, at the weekend, but it was a very mature performance as well. Other than the booking, which was just silly, but I thought that Porteous took, took his game at a different level at the weekend. I think there was one moment where he he won the ball and then he backheeled it. That's just <laughs> sexy, to be honest. Unbelievable. And then, do you know what? I think going into this season, football like he needs to calm down, he needs to calm down, but I don't, I don't see any aggression there that that's out of place. So seems already controlled this season. And as you say, six falls in seven games or something it was, you know, just speaks volumes of the, the boys maturing. And yourself, Harry, who gets your nomination this week? I feel well, like I think it's the best that it's going to be Dre Wright, but I've I, I, outside the box again. But. 
Yeah, no, I was going to say, um, I've been banging on a bit all week. I think that quite a lot of fans were quite disappointed with the signing, just on the basis of the fact that he only had like four goal contributions last season or something. But you can't go wrong with right, so that's my high B of the week. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, you know, to be fair, we're eight games in now and you finally got his name right, so maybe I'll nominate you next week. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm, I'm keeping, I'm going with Kevin this bit again. Um, Martin Boyle got the assists, Doidge and Wright got the goals, but Kevin this bit was absolutely unbelievable at the weekend. He at times bullied the Rangers centre half, so his hold up play was excellent. He, to be fair to John McLaughlin, a very, very good save. Stopped him from scoring a wonder goal. Um, excellent, excellent performance. I think, obviously, with a missing Aberdeen game, um, it's the first proper test, probably, where you're looking at it as a game where, okay, that this really is the step up for playing a championship team to playing a proper premiership game, if that makes sense. You're like, so you're sort of... St Mirren's and your Livies and stuff, they're not that much better than probably a top-end championship team. Um, but playing Rangers, playing against international defenders like Barisic, uh, I think Hellander's played for Sweden as well. And he said, like I say, he was excellent. He was, he was very, very good. And for me, him and Deutsch have, are working very well together. And Kevin Nisbet has just been an unbelievable signing. Um, I think some people questioned it I think we all had our, you have doubts over every signing I guess whether they're going to come in and be a roaring success or not but it certainly looks like he's going to be the next sort of John McGinn if you like if he keeps going the way he's going then I think we need to enjoy him while we've got him um, I could see him within two to three years pretend, probably championship down south Um or unfortunately Celtic or Rangers because that's pretty much what happens unless you play for Celtic or Rangers you go to the championship as evidenced by maybe like Scott McKenna um, so I I think Hibs are pretty safe I think that's like being 250 grand well spent and I think we'll more than make our money back there and I think his goals that he'll score this season will probably bring that 250 grand in on its own anyway so Kevin Nisbet's my nomination for High Be the Week. So we will get that fired out on Twitter. Um, I think we all know who's going to win this week. <laughs> um, purely because his name has been all over Twitter since Sunday and it will continue Aye. to be. So I really need to get into the first nominations. And Usually I hate the safe option, but right now I just need to get, need to get wins, to be honest. So. <laughs> and I think just on Ryan Porteous, I think he has to be in contention for the Scotland squad. I think Steve Clark must be probably announcing his squad in the middle of next week. Um, if not, back end of this week, I think Ryan Porteous has to be in that Scotland squad. Um, quite frankly, I think him and Paul Hanlon should be in the squad. But I can sort of see... And Paul McGinn. I think, I think Hanlon and McGinn, they're obviously a little bit a bit older. Um, so you can maybe understand that Steve Clark. If he was going to pick any of the three, it would be Ryan Porteous to get him in and around. Even if he didn't play, just to get him in and around the setup. He obviously picked him for the Cyprus game last season, so he obviously likes him as a player. So I think he should be. He's better than Declan Gallagher, or certainly has been. Oh, Highland's better than Declan Gallagher as well. Right. I know. I know. I know. This isn't a Scotland podcast, but just to kind of put out there, he picked Declan Gallagher. I think him and Hamlin are same age. True. Declan Garrett, Declan Garrett's been awful this season. So go figure that. Kevin Nisbet might be in a shout as well. Is what you you don't know? Shanklin's been called. To, up. to be fair, I think Kevin Shanklin should both be involved. I don't know why Shanklin was involved last time when he was injured and how they played the game. But like I say, this isn't a Scotland podcast. So. Oh. Let's let's get moving on here, lads. Come on. Oh, it's like you're waiting on something, Harry. What's what's up next? I am planned. Hello and welcome to Harry's High B Quiz Part 3. We've currently got two contestants. We've got Ewan. Hello. And we've got Greg. I think we're going to get VAR involved in Harry's High B Quiz. Uh, being honest, I hate goaling technology and I hate VAR, but we probably do need it for the quiz because it's all over the place. If you are new to the quiz, the rules are I decide the rules as I go along. It <laughs> is questions I do based off things I've seen this week, mainly High B related. And yeah, we're going to just get cracking into it. 
points and bonus points are given and taken away as I see fit based on you and Greg's behaviours. So let's just get mucked straight. And into it's 2 0 to Greg, isn't it? Um, I know, isn't um, it? Going for the hat trick tonight. It is indeed. All right, so question number one. All right, so um, you and I, we're in our NFL fantasy league and um, we're going head to head against one another in the upcoming week. Um, so, which team in Scottish football, outside of Hearts and the Old Firm, have you got like a make-believe rivalry with Hibs? So, for example, just to make it easier for you, is I hate Falkirk. See, when Hibs play Falkirk, it just my blood boils. I just want to beat them. Who's that team for you when Hibs play them? You just oh, you, it's the best feeling apart from beating Hearts, Celtic, or Rangers. I think this is like outside the top flight as well, yeah. No, no, no. So it can be, it can be a top flight team. It just can't be Hearts, Celtic, or Rangers. That's the only rule. So it can be Aberdeen if you want. I think that's a bit. Of I think Aberdeen's pretty obvious. Um, I hate Motherwell. <laughs> hate them. My passion, man. Absolutely despise them. <laughs> Honest to God, I hate them, man. Their stupid squint pitch, like the stupid <laughs> wee stinging sections in that bottom corner. And I'll tell you when the hatred started, right? First day of the season, uh, John Hughes, we were on ESPN, lunchtime kickoff on a Sunday, Henry Agnew scored. But that's nothing today, but Hibs were pish, Hibs got beat. Their fans were just blowing fucking whistles for 90 minutes. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> like, I, and for that moment on, I despised Motherwell. So for me, Motherwell, all day of the week. Decent away, but hate Motherwell. Yeah, I mean, on that... Motherwell's not my pick, but they ruined the Friday night and three points when the fire, the electric box <laughs> mysteriously went on fire when they were 1 0 down. Paul, uh, Pat Fenlon's first game in charge, I thought. I was on the back Hibs were going to win the league. Uh, and then obviously, we don't really have very many high scoring games. Motherwell and the replay was 4 3 to them. So. Nah, I know that many were 6. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's a very low-scoring game, very boring. <laughs> My rivalry, to be honest, where do we start? I'd maybe have to say Hamilton. Uh. All right, okay, talk us through it. Well, obviously, fucking relegated us, don't they? Um, <laughs> nah, I, I don't know. I feel like Hamilton get a lot of shit for being Hamilton, but I just hate them. Uh. They they are irrelevant, but I don't know. I, I just feel like they don't really add value. Sometimes struggle against them as well, especially away. So I just think Hamilton because yeah, they relegated us. Not them personally. We we had enough chances not to be relegated, but it's just a shite away there. Like it's just terrible. Basically, the, the stadium's fucking been slapped in the middle of nowhere. Just, just do not like them. Eh? Just think they're irrelevant, and also well, we do struggle. So, lads, I've heard both your points, and if we remember last week, you both started on minus one because of your poor answer for the first question last week. But this week, I thought you both gave good descriptions, so I'm going to give you both a bonus point for the good descriptions and picking a team that are well worth being hated. However, I felt that you and tipped it slightly so you and your you got the point for the first round but you both got a bonus point so after one question you and two one up okay okay so moving on to the next question greg today walked 500 miles then he walked 500 more and about 23 like more after that. so speaking of 500 miles good proclaimer song what is your favorite recorded hip song so for example you can't say a chant it's got to be a song that's actually recorded no doubt about it. You're a, you're a wanker, man. What was that, sorry? Thimbles, tornadoes, no doubt about it. What an absolute better. Harry, why do we not have buzzers on this game? <laughs> However, if Greg wants that, he can have it. I'll give you another one. What's the other one? I'll decide if I want Thimbles, <laughs> tornadoes or no. <laughs> nah, to be honest, I, I would have to say Thimbles, tornadoes. Um, I don't know what Wilson's going to say now, but that, that song just... Hits harder, just gets right in the feels. Um, what a song it is! It's it's just one of those songs that every time you listen to it, you, 
you just get pumped up, eh? It's just a great song and pretty much, yeah. Right, I don't well, think there's any, go, really much else to say on that. I'll go for Hits Heroes then. Another absolute tune. Uh, I think it should be the song that we play coming out of the tunnel. Thank you. Give us a wee rendition. When I was five, my daddy took me to the road. Aye, but please make that stop. <laughs> <laughs> and I, all right. Well, just because of the confidence and getting straight in there and amongst it, I'm sorry, Greg, but you've missed out on a point there. You and you get the point. So you and has taken a resounding three-one lead there we going go. forward after two questions. Notice there's no greeting about the scores this week because he's winning. <laughs> Honestly, Rangers mentality. Hey, all right. So, question number three: Ryan Poachers got into every Rangers fan's head this weekend. So, what opposition player that Hibs have played has riled you up the most at a game? Comfortably, Rangers. Derek Lyle. Fact. Derek, Derek Lyle, Lyle okay. Queen of the South at home. Um, <laughs> He, t- he turned to the West Stand and started playing the flute. I just, just hate him, man. Every time, every time he played us, he would do something different. He was just nippy. Yeah. I would, I would play off the same as worse than Ian Black. Go winding, winding us up. Doesn't even come good. I mean, Rudy Scatchel. Yeah, Rudy Scatchel all day of the week. And do you know what? He's been away for long enough now. I'll admit he was a good player. And I almost respect how much he hated us. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can, like, I don't like, you know what I mean? I don't like him, but I like the sort of passion that he had for them. But, nah. I'm, I'm not even going to say anymore because the podcast about taking down or something. Like, honestly, I cannot stand that, man. Well, you know how I give points on this? I'll give it for unconventionality, if that's a word. So the point here is going to go to Greg because it is a bit more out the box going for Derek Lyle as opposed to Rudy Scatchel because I think most fans would say Rudy Scatchel. Okay with that. A good answer. I'm okay with that, but, but it doesn't come close. Like nobody yeah. else. He's not tearing man for just being a developer. <laughs> absolute seethe because Dominic Malonga scored like ninety sixth minute or something to win one oh. home and the absolute seethe film was lovely. Quality. All right, so. We're going into question four. It's currently 3-2 to Ewan. But this one, this is like, we like to have at least one strange question every week. So here's a strange one. I started re-watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I would highly recommend all 48 seasons are on Netflix. Brilliant show. But if Hibs had a sitcom, who would be the protagonist? We've not got journalist degrees. What the fuck does protagonist mean? So that that's that's the main person in the show. Oh. <laughs> okay. or, or you can put you can put a collection of however many you think. So in Friends, obviously you've got the main six, and okay. it's always sunny. You've got the main like four or five. Right. Okay. I will go. So, right. So the sort of okay. I like I like what you've done with Friends there. So I'm going to try and see if I can pierce them all together. Martin Boyle is Joey. <laughs> Chandler I feel is probably someone like uh, maybe even someone like David Gray probably, All right. probably oh is, mate you're having a howler probably is funny but probably thinks he's funnier than he is and um, <laughs> 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 what is going on here it's going to be Alex Gogic because he just tidies everything up. Uh, well, she got Phoebe. She's a bit. She's a bit of a looney tune, I know. Uh, that's Ryan Poitras. Martin Boyle again. Ryan and Martin Boyle just hitting off each other. <laughs> Ross is going to be Scott Allen because we were on a break for a little while, but we reunited. And who is left? Rachel, really high maintenance, but can be an absolute honey. Um, Lewis so Scott Allen again. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Allen again. But um, we'll say Rachel can be, we'll go Lewis Stevenson, just say it in honour of him. Can I just say, if we had a studio audience with us, it'd be applauding right now. So you do get a bonus point for that there, you, and congratulations for that. That's a bonus point worthy answer. So Greg, let's, let's hear what you've got to do. Right, okay. Um, I've known a lot of this, obviously, in Philadelphia. Um, I would probably say 
Martin Boyle would, would be the main character because he is such a character. Um, <clears throat> Gogic possibly the kind of quite protective oh, kind of big brother figure. Um, Scott Allen, the good looking one. <laughs> because he is just good looking. Um, and possibly also Christian Deutsch. Okay. I feel like he's, he's, I feel like he's got maybe a, a weird sense of humour. He maybe had something different, a wee different angle on it. So yeah, I'd probably say there for I mean, I would absolutely watch anyone, but if I had to pick pick four, it would be there for. I think they would all work very well That's together. Can I just say, um, I know I struggle with who would be Rachel, but seeing as Greg never took him, Joe Neal can be Rachel because just look at the hair. Okay, fact. All right, so after the bonus point, Ewan got up to 4-2 on the scoreline. Um, I just want to say, I can it sounds a bit strange, but I think my mate Craig pointed it out, and I think it's true, if you look at Jamie Murphy, he doesn't look like a footballer, and I think he could work really well as a sitcom actor, like just kind of pan face, just making like really blunt jokes. I could that, that's who I was thinking. So if you'd said that, you'd have got like ten points for it. But I'm I think Jamie Murphy as well. Right, I think the winner here's got to be all right. You're getting a bonus point because you're being petty there, and um, so Thanks. it's now four three. But Ewan gets a point, so it's five three to Ewan going into the wow. final question. So, final question. I was ready, lads. Yep. So I've been moving house with my auntie this week. If Hibs had to move out of Edinburgh, anywhere in Scotland, where would we move to? Greg, you go first. Wow. So you're taking the Edinburgh out of the Hibs. Wow. I just have no idea, to be honest. That, That is very difficult. So there's a boundary of Edinburgh stop. <laughs> you can have us move it to that stadium at Straighten with it with hearts. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 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 Greg's struggling. Um, I don't. I don't mind having a pop. You're going to say Levy, aren't you? No. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to just say probably quite stupid, probably quite simple, but down East Lothian, um Obviously, Edinburgh is. There's the two clubs, and then there's nobody down the east coast. Um, you've got the training centre down there. Um, so I say Hibs got taken over again, and they wanted to go and build an all-purpose 60,000 seat in stadium. Um, I would say somewhere down East Lovian. Um, downsides, probably no many boozers near any of the farmland, but get up their way, fans. There'll be plenty, plenty. We'll have a Spurs style. We'll have all the bars inside for the Hibs fans, and the away fans can be fucking miserable before the game get up. Uh, so I'll say East Lothian, down near the training centre, sort of Haddington, Ormiston, back end of Trinentway. I like it. All right, Greg. It'd be very weird not going to Leith and watching Hibs. Um, I was going to say something controversial, said so move us for Edinburgh to Leith. Aye, the People's Republic of Leith, Harry. It's an independent state. <clears throat> um, purely for selfish reasons, probably closer to me. Um, there's a lovely big field over from my house, so that'd be perfect. Just to build a lovely big 60,000 seater in there. Um, yeah, uh, that, that's a very difficult question, because I honestly would be very strange going anywhere other than Leith. Um, so yeah, I'll probably concede that one and let Wilson win this week because his fucking greeting face was trapping them last week when he got beat. So, well, please, you know what? Harry, Nobody for the gets sake to of award everyone. anybody anything in this show, Greg, apart from me. So you're losing both the points you've earned this week. <sighs> you and you are getting a resounding seven 0 victory. You've absolutely harched them. So you beat them seven 0 this week. I was personally thinking Aberdeen, just because Aberdeen really haven't had a rival across the year. So it'd be good to actually give them someone that they can actually. I, I'm not traveling up to Aberdeen. Imagine that is a joke. To that accent every weekend. Jeez. Oh god, actual, mate! Could you imagine how much? It, oh, imagine that actually could build up against a class. Nah. Oh. But I so this week 
for the first time ever, we've kept a clean sheet from Ewan against Greg because Greg's trying to award victories. That is not how this quiz works. Thank you very well, much. At least there will be that mood been... for next week now. <laughs> but that has been the Harry High B quiz for the week. I hope you've all enjoyed. So back up. So it's two one overall to Greg, and I'm, I'm I'm on the scoreboard. So that's pretty much it for this week. No transfer news, unfortunately. Um, the window's got two weeks left um, in the international break, so I'd expect to see, I think we expect to see maybe some movement in terms of loan players potentially leaving. And I think we might see maybe one more, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, if we don't see anything else in. Um, like we mentioned last week, we have some very special guests lined up in the next few weeks, so keep your eyes out for them. One of them will probably be released in the next week or so. Um, and then I think we'll keep the other ones for international break, I think. Um, obviously, there are, although there is going to be Hibs games in the international break um, with the League Cup group stages, if that still goes ahead. But thanks for listening. Greg, Harry, thanks for joining us again. Thank you very um, much for having me. No worries at all, lads. Cheers. Well, hope you've enjoyed tonight's show and we will be back next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.